my name is Eric, and I welcome you to our Black Gay Diaspora podcast, where we, as LGBTQ plus citizens, come together to inspire and educate each other on who we are and our respective countries and professions. Through topics and guest interviews, our Black Gay Diaspora podcast celebrates individuals making a difference. Loving who we love is not a choice. Being who we're meant to be can be. We are here. You are welcome. We are community. Hey, it's Eric here. Welcome to another episode of our Black Gay Diaspora podcast. Very much looking forward to this particular episode. It was a few days ago that I realized that it has been two years since the idea first formed for this platform. And so I decided to come on and share a little bit about what happened around that time, what preceded it, and of course, where it's gone to today with more than 50 guest interviews. What a difference a few days makes, huh? (laughs) I really had no concept of where this could go to or where it could lead. It all started one night in February 2021 in the dead of winter in Stockholm, Sweden. I couldn't sleep one night. And one of the things I've learned the last three plus years as a digital nomad, mostly in Europe, is the importance of writing an idea down when it comes to mind. And so one of the ways that I do that mainly actually is through picking up my phone or my iPad and going onto the notes app. This one night I did that. I started writing down these ideas that really were coming to my mind organically. I had already started podcasting. I had been podcasting at that time for about a year with a friend of mine, Jenny. She came up with an idea a year ago, actually almost to the month of us doing a podcast about being introverts and how as introverts, we still are very active and social people. And that podcast that we did for a little over two years is called Wallflowers and Bloom Podcast. You can find that still on your major streaming platforms. I had an idea of what it was like to be a podcast host, to produce, to edit, and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But I honestly never thought of myself as being a solo entity and doing a podcast or a talk platform where I would interview people. But what kind of preceded that night in the winter of 2021 in Stockholm, Sweden, I had at that point been outside of the U.S., mainly in Sweden, for a little over a year. A little backstory quickly with how I was in Sweden. I first visited Sweden in 2015, August, through a work colleague who suggested that I come visit there when I was making a visit to Denmark at the time to support a friend for the Ironman Marathon in Copenhagen. This work colleague She is from Sweden and she's also Black. And when I shared with her that I was going to go to Denmark, she suggested that I also visit Stockholm, Sweden. And so I did. After visiting Stockholm over the years or Sweden over the years, I'd really grown to like it a lot. And yeah, left my job of more than 20 years in September of 2019 and a month later packed up and decided to give myself a couple years to see what could happen. This was not part of the plan. I was really okay with getting a nine-to-five job in Sweden. But anyway, that's just some of the backstory of why I was in Sweden. 
So back to that night in Stockholm, that night that I couldn't sleep, I just started writing down all these ideas. And yeah, what kind of happened around that time was that I have friends in Sweden. I have friends in Stockholm. I have a few friends, a couple of friends who are black in Sweden, really good friends. But I was not meeting at that point black gay people in Stockholm, black LGBTQ plus people. Stockholm or Sweden, they present themselves as being very gay friendly, but there's not really, as far as I was aware at that time, a gay neighborhood or, or things of that nature. It is a country that is majority white, as it would be. But I do see Black people there. And as I mentioned earlier, I do know Black people there. But writing down these ideas for a podcast, I wrote them down with the veto in my mind that this won't really go anywhere, but I'll just write these ideas down. Who knows? I can give it to someone else and they can use it to maybe start a, a podcast. So I was writing down possible theme ideas, possible titles. I actually started working on a logo that night because, you know, my background is that I'm a graphic designer. And then I shared with a friend of mine in Stockholm, and thank you to Patrick. I always give him a shout out because I think he was one of the first people or the first person that really spoke to me in a way that I was able to hear when I shared the idea. And he said, I think it's a really good idea, and I think you should just do it. And then I spent the next full month just forming the ideas, forming the thing, creating a logo, coming up with a preliminary guest list with the goal of having my first recording in the end of March of 2021. Around that time, too, is that I had been in Stockholm at that time mostly, but I'm not a resident of Stockholm. I am a visitor, so I was only able to stay a certain amount of time. And in March, I was needing to leave, and so I came to England. I came to Liverpool, actually, through an American friend who had recently moved there, I was like, well, I'll just come to Liverpool. And as similar as I was doing in Stockholm, I rent a little place. As a Black gay man, I'm always looking for representation in media. I had an idea of some people in entertainment, people in politics or whatever that I had always admired, who I discovered writers in particular, too, because I also dabble in writing. And so I had this preliminary guest list, but I had a ranking system where the people that I really were enamored by, who really had a large platform or who were known publicly, I would put them on the bottom of the list. I would reach out to them once I got settled somewhere in Europe, somewhere in countries in Africa. I don't think at that time I was necessarily focused on the Black LGBTQ plus community in the U.S., mainly because I was in Europe at the time. This particular day in late March, I had decided I need to reach out to someone now. I need to take action. And I looked at the list and I saw that this guy was towards the top of the list. And that kind of surprised me because I was like, he's somebody that I had put in that category of people that I couldn't reach out to initially because of their platform. I'm not a religious person, but I am somebody who thankfully discovered how to be spiritual in my late 20s around the time that I came out as gay. I always say that's that God voice or that positive intuition that talks to me in a certain way that for me is always calm and nurturing. And that voice said, well, reach out to him. And if he responds, fine. And if he doesn't, that's okay too. I'll never forget that because that really got the ball rolling. It started the journey of this being an active and real and legitimate adventure for me. The place I was renting, there was a little picture window where the sunlight would always shine through and these curtains. And I typed that email 
I think it was around three in the afternoon on that day. And I literally forgot about it. And then (laughs) about an hour later, I would say it was around five o'clock. I got this thing on my phone that I had an email and it was him. It was Leon Lopez, who I discovered his career as an actor, British actor at the time that I discovered him. And over the years, I would casually follow him. And at the time that I had reached out to him, he was directing soap operas in the UK. And he responded and saying that, yes, I would definitely love to come onto your platform. And that was good for me because one of the things I'm learning in this journey these last three and a half years of being a digital nomad, and what that includes is really fine-tuning where I would like my professional life to go. I just bring that back to the present or back to, you know, when Leon Lopez responded in the affirmative that he would come onto the platform. That was an opportunity for me to stand up to my insecurities and to my fears, because my first thought was, why would he say yes to me? Who am I? I am this person that he has never known or met before, but he has responded and said, yes, he would come onto this platform. Yeah, part of this journey still today, but definitely then, again, back to that voice, it just said, well, he said yes. Now you just take the next indicated step and just got the ball rolling. And that very first recording, that was amazing. It was amazing because I walked through my fears. It was amazing because I got to see that I could hold my own with speaking to someone one-on-one. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that's how I got going. That holds a special place in my heart. You know, this process of being the host and the producer of this platform, it means that I've recorded in everywhere that I've been. I transitioned from there and I started recording in Southern England. That came about because a friend of mine in LA who is from the UK asked me if I would come down there to spend some time with his mom, who is in her 90s. I'm glad I, I did that because she and I got along really, really well. And spending time with her really helped me to see that no matter what age I'm at, I have a choice every morning that I wake up to start the day with the hope and positivity and the belief that it will be a good day. And I definitely learned that from her. And I thank her so much. I thank you, Daphne, for that. Thank you, Martin and Fran, his sister who lives nearby, who have been really supportive, not just during that time, but they really have become people that I really value their judgment and their friendship. So I thank them for that. I've been back in the UK since late September of 2022. After spending a little bit more time back in Stockholm, I came back here and I'm here in Brighton, the coastal town in Southern England. And if you ever are in the UK, I would definitely recommend coming to visit Brighton. I really, really like it here. I've been fortunate to rent a quiet and nice space here near the beach. Literally, I'm about a 10 minute walk from the beach. And it's really added to my experience and my belief in the possible, what can be achievable if I just believe in it. One of my mottos is have faith and believe. And so being here in Brighton has definitely reinforced that. It has been the constant for me doing this platform of our Black Gay Diaspora podcast. The goal is to live here in Europe. First choice is Stockholm, Sweden because that's where my strongest base is as far as in my personal life. All that to say that around that time was when I realized 
because of being in England, I was like, I need to reach out to people who are in the UK and to find out who they are. From what I believe, I'm pretty sure, I'll have to do some fact-checking after this, so I'm pretty sure that as far as European countries, the UK, the United Kingdom, has the largest Black population in Europe. There are definitely a lot of people here in the UK who are leading the charge and doing the work within the Black LGBTQ plus community and activism as allies who are here. I reached out to people like Sean Wallace, who has been a great person, a great energy. We were able to meet in person in London. He's somebody that I have been able to often on stay in contact with. And then there's Yasin Senghor, there's Bandy Kiki, who is originally from Cameroon, who has a, a presence here in the UK as somebody who really uses her platform for change, for positive change, and a few others. This is building community. And me reaching out to individuals in the UK really reinforced that for me, being American, that this can grow into something bigger than I expected it to be. I'm really grateful to all the individuals who agree to come on to this platform and share their stories, their professional lives, their journeys as Black LGBTQ plus citizens within their countries. For me to expand my knowledge and to myself to continue to grow, because even though the focus is on the person who is coming on to be interviewed, this is part of my journey too. This is an opportunity for me to continue to evolve, to grow, and to expand my awareness of the world outside of my own particular experiences as an American. The reason actually why I'm here in Brighton is a guy named Pierre Monerville, who's a French photographer who's been here in the UK, I think about 17, 18 years. He's here in Brighton. He was my episode five guest. What I liked about that particular episode with Pierre was he was the first person who asked me some questions, or he asked if he could ask me some questions towards the end of that interview. It's a lot easier for me to, in some ways, be behind the scenes and definitely to ask the questions. One, because I believe I have a curiosity just about people in general and our differences and how that ties us together to find our similarities. Pierre was one of the first people who said, I want to ask you some questions because I'm intrigued by this thing that you're starting here. And then he interviewed me several months later. I realized or had been suggested to me that I started to put myself out there a little bit more and start to share more about who I am. Then he reminded me that, yeah, next time you're in the UK, definitely make sure you come to Brighton. Brighton is amazing. It's in my top five of cities that I could really see myself living in. It's considered the San Francisco of the UK. It's very gay-friendly. It's got a bohemian vibe to it. It's just big enough and just small enough. You know, as a Black person, that's one of the things of being on this journey of interviewing people and finding out their experiences here in Europe and different countries. And then me, myself, is seeing how do I feel as a Black person here? I'll say Brighton is one of the cities that I, for the most part, I feel comfortable here. I'm definitely somebody that wants to see people that look like me wherever I go, especially in spaces where I feel some people, even today, as we know, because of racism, culturally, 
and just systemically, can't say that word today, <laughs> they can make you feel unwelcome or encourage you to think that you're not welcome in those spaces. I've interviewed people from Sweden, from Cameroon. I interviewed an American guy, Reggie, an American singer, actor who has lived in Germany for a long time. Speaking to an American who's lived in Europe for a long time, it was really great to get his perspective on things of being Black, but also American. One of the writers that I really gravitated towards was James Baldwin. He was a Black American who lived most of his adult life in France. I bring that up because part of this journey is discovering, you know, in the States, it's, there's so much focus in general in Europe, too, because racism is everywhere. But as an American, as a Black American, leaving my home country and coming to countries where, in some ways, for the first time, I feel American, it helps me to see how much the positive and negative aspects of culture, of society, do affect how I see myself. Coming to Europe and, for the first time, hearing myself described as the American, not the Black guy, but as the American, it took some getting used to seeing in my peripheral vision that they're pointing at me, having this dialogue within myself of, oh, they're talking about me. I'm the American. That's my lineage. Experiencing that in my emotional and my mental life, that really came to the forefront for me when I interviewed Reggie. I'm sorry, Reggie, I'm forgetting your last name, but I'll put his interview in the description. Everyone that I'm referencing, I'm going to put them in the description. Speaking of Sweden, been fortunate to interview three people in Sweden, two of them who have direct links to Sweden with one of their parents being Swedish. One is Christopher Waldekrantz. <laughs> Sorry if I'm not saying your name correctly, Christopher, who I was connected to through a mutual friend and hearing his story growing up in Sweden and his journey professionally. He has an agency that he co-founded with his partner, I think they were fiancés at the time, I'm not sure if they're married, called the Odd Society. Another person that I interviewed who I knew before I started our Black Gay Diaspora podcast is Anna Adenaji. I had an opportunity to understand Swedish society a little bit more through her experiences as a Black woman living in Sweden, growing up in Sweden. And then the third person that I interviewed is Samuel Girma. His family is originally from Ethiopia, and I think he came to Sweden, I think around 12, 13 years old. I actually knew about him, yeah, before the podcast, because I was in Stockholm when the thing exploded with the public murder of George Floyd in the United States. I was in Stockholm at the time when that exploded. I know it brought about a lot of conversations in different countries about racism being global and was really surprised that there were marches there. There was one march in particular I was able to witness literally right when it happened. I didn't know it was going to happen. I was with my friend Teresa, who's Black, and we were just coming out of somewhere and just heard this noise down the street in the center of Stockholm and was able to witness this march. And for me, it was literally like being in one of those civil rights, U.S. civil rights films. There were so many people out there. I was born just right after the civil rights movement in the U.S. I always say I was a child of integration, of that mindset of 
now that we have all these laws on the books that life is better, life is better. But we as Black people know (laughs) it's much more than that. Very thankful for these laws that are put into place that we do need, fortunately and unfortunately, for different reasons, as we know. But I think a lot of it that people don't realize, it's the social stuff that really is a challenge because that's where I experience the racism is the social interactions and the systemic aspects of it around employment, around even going into stores and being followed. Mainly in the U.S., it's horrible there. I'll say that first and foremost. It's the most, I think, intense in the United States. Getting back to Sweden and that march, Samuel Gidema was somebody that I knew or I found out about around that time because there was an online protest because, of course, that was at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so there was an online protest on Facebook that was happening in Stockholm. Samuel Gidema was one of the people that spoke. And I just really liked his passion. I really liked his authenticity that I saw on camera. He just tells it like it is. I found out over time that he's gay. He and Bandy Kiki, who is from Cameroon, these are two guests for me as far as my own education around life outside of the U.S., especially with countries in Africa. I appreciate what they both have shared. In particular, the war that has been going on there for several years. You know, me as an American, we don't get filtered a lot of history of culture about countries in Africa, either in the past or what's currently going on with them. It really opened my eyes to the power of media and how still selectively they are depending on who they want to showcase or represent. So I thank you, Samuel, for alerting me to being as diligent as I can be to find out as much as I can currently and in the past about the countries in Africa. And Bandy Kiki, who's UK-based, but she was from Cameroon, they've been having a war going on there for several years. It's so amazing, the history, the experiences that I'm learning about different Black people in different parts of the world. Victor Chikalogwe, he was one of my first guests. Another one who educated me, he's from Malawi, hearing his experiences and his, his professional journey and how he uses his platforms to inspire and celebrate and to promote our diversities, but also what makes us special and unique individually and culturally. It'll be two years in April that I uploaded the first episode. That thing of like, comment, and subscribe, it does help with numbers. It does help with funding, but also helps with us as people, as interviewers, to get to know who you are and also to get to know how we can progress and grow and to find out what you like, find out what works for you and what you resonate with. So I definitely say please like, comment, and subscribe constructively. I think that's always important. As a friend of mine used to say, as long as I'm coming from a place of love, even if it's constructive criticism, that that is okay. I did go back to the U.S. last year for seven months. That was good because I got to see myself differently as an American, as a Black American. This is not unique to me. You get to know yourself a bit more as yourself, as a citizen of that country. When I returned to the U.S. last year Part of my journey that I've shared about in other recordings that I've done in particular episodes that just featured me was to talk about 
my own journey as a Black person, as a Black man, as a Black gay man, and how this has given me opportunities to say, this is who I am, and I need to be okay with that, and not focus so much on what may or may not be said about me around my way that I present authentically as a Black gay man. I still love and I'm amazed by the people that I reach out to, the people that I discover, and still myself being wild about how many people that I find in different industries, different professions, and how they are sharing and growing in their own particular professions. It really has been great. And I'm so fortunate that this is continuing and it's continuing to grow. That's the journey. And that's where it's at so far. I thank you all for being here and for listening. As you know, I always end this. It's become my catchphrase. As always, take care. And until next time, ciao. Thank you for spending time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, comment, and subscribe. Share with your friends, too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Our Black Gay Diaspora and on Twitter at BLK Gay Diaspora. Until next time.